I mean, I think we have landed there. You know, I was wondering, what in the world do non-believers do this time of year? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Do they have trees? Do they decorate? Do they exchange gifts? Do they uh, celebrate? It was interesting to me to find a few articles. One is entitled, Atheists at Christmas and What They Do. Another is entitled, An Atheist Can Believe in Christmas. And one was entitled, Atheist Love Christmas. But I really don't get that because they really don't believe much. I don't know if this is a true story. I like to think it was true. This happened in Florida. There was a man there who, for the past few years, has been trying to get Christmas canceled. He's an atheist, and he believes that atheists have their rights too. And since Christians have Easter and Christmas and other religious holidays, that maybe it was time to pull the plug on Christmas. So that's what he's been trying to do in Florida. And evidently, when he took his case to court, his attorney made a pretty persuasive speech, but the judge immediately said, this case is dismissed. And the attorney wanted to know why. And let me quote this for you. The judge leaned toward his, uh, in, in his chair and simply said, obviously your client is too confused to know about or to celebrate the atheist holiday. And the attorney looked at his friend and said, what do you mean? We weren't aware of such a day for atheists. The judge says, well, it comes every year on exactly the same day. It's April the 1st. And then he said, Psalms 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Now, I don't know if that's a true story, but I like it. And that's where I'm standing today. You know, I sometimes eavesdrop on conversations this time of year. I spend my mornings in the pie pan early and I spend some time sometimes at the mall, hospitals and other places. And it's interesting to me to hear what people say about Christmas. A year ago when Jay Leno was still doing the Tonight Show, he had one of those segments called Headlines and this is when they share headlines that they capture from all across the United States. And he said that this is probably one of the best or worst depending on how you look at it. There was a center for dental implants that had this ad. The gift of chewing is what the holidays are all about. And that that still cracks me up. I mean, we decorate trees so we can chew. We put lights all over our houses and our churches, and we, we do that so we can chew. Poinsettias, so we can chew. Family gatherings, so we can chew. That's what the holidays are all about, so we can chew. I think the Bible has a little bit different aspect to consider this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I want to go to Micah chapter 5. I want to read for you verses 4 and 5. Micah chapter 5. He will stand, now this prophecy telling that Jesus one day would come... 
The Bible says he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Almighty, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will receive or they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Those two verses, pretty simple verses, tell us what Christmas is really all about. And it's so much more than gift giving and gift receiving and decorating. It's so much more than that kind of thing. It's really plugging into something that is greater than that. Micah says that Jesus came, believe it or not, we've studied this for weeks, he came to be our shepherd. He came to take care of us, to lead us, to protect us. He came to save us. He came to be our shepherd. And three things I want you to remember about this Christmas season. And the first thing is this. As our shepherd, he gives us strength. Verse 4, Micah said, he will stand and shepherd in the strength of the Lord or the strength of the Almighty. In other words, he will give us a strength, an inner strength, to help us do life when life gets hard. And he will be there with us even when life is not quite so hard. That's what God promises to do. Bob Weiland lost both of his legs in Vietnam. His hope was to return from the war and pursue his desire to be a professional baseball player. But in an instant, his life goals, his purpose changed. Many men in similar situations have been overcome with bitterness, but not him. He said, I lost both my legs, but not my heart. These pictures of him paint a picture for the man that he is now. He walks on his hands. He completed a three-year walk across America. He has raced across America in a custom-built bike. In Hawaii, he was part of the Ironman Triathlon. He can bench press 570 pounds. How does he do it? He says, as he quotes 1 Peter 5, that he has learned to cast all of his burdens on Jesus. He says that he knows in his weakness, God can give him strength to overcome, and he quotes 1 Corinthians 1.25. In his words... He says, I do the best I can to apply God's word to my life because I know it works. I know you're going to find this hard to believe. About a week, 10 days ago, I was watching a basketball game on TV. It was part of the Jimmy V thing. You know what I'm talking about? Jimmy V was a passionate coach, a passionate man who did battle with cancer and lost. But they played before the basketball game. They played again the speech that he delivered years ago. And the bottom line is, no matter what life gives you, don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever give up. And I think that's the message that we need to understand at Christmas. No matter what happens, because of the birth of the Christ child, no matter what happens, there is always the promise of an inner strength to help us through the difficulty. It's an attitude. It is based on opportunity. It is based on the ability for a process to consider when going through tough times. 
I know it's Sunday and it's almost Christmas, okay? Anybody here ever had tough times? Have you been there? You know that? We are promised that we don't have to experience it all by ourselves. And maybe right now you're facing some pretty difficult challenges and maybe you're in a battle that you don't have the strength to fight alone. The good news is we have a shepherd and our shepherd promises to take care of us in the midst of the difficulty. Sometimes you don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we are promised an inner strength. Wednesday morning, I got a phone call from my mom. It was 8 in the morning. We call a lot, we talk a lot, but never early. So, Mom, what's going on today? She said, well, we had a house fire this morning. I said, you and Dad okay? She said, yeah, we're okay, but man, the place is a mess. And I said, you know what, Mom, no problem. Messes can be fixed. And right now, they're in a bed and breakfast in Paris, Illinois, Who would have thought Paris, Illinois had a bed and breakfast? There are a couple motels there, but you wouldn't want to spend a whole lot of time in either one of those motels. Tomorrow we are taking them from the bed and breakfast and moving them into a rental home that a friend has that's empty. So the past couple of days they've been talking to those rental places and they have rented the furniture that they're going to need to last about eight weeks in a different home. My dad had to have a 40-inch flat screen that he could watch Fox News on. So he's ready. He didn't want to miss anything these next few weeks. And I told my mom, she's kind of a neat kind of person, and everything's got to have its right place and its right deal. Firemen aren't good at being neat when they come to your house. There's a couple of holes in the roof, the upstairs are a wreck, part of the downstairs is a wreck. I said, Mom, it's going to be Okay. A lot of people back home are taking care of him. A lot of good church people, good friends. And I said, Mom, you know what? You have helped people forever. Let people help you. Let them take care of you. My dad doesn't like to shower in the bed and breakfast. I said, that's okay, man. I'll get there. I'll take you to the car wash, and I will hose you down. You know? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes life is hard. And I know our Christmas is going to be a way weird this year but man we're together and God is still good even though sometimes life is not so understand this that when you're going through a difficult time God still can be lifted up he can still be honored and praised that's the promise that we are given in this text because we have a shepherd who comes and promises to take care of us through thick and thin Isaiah 50 11 says but see here You who live by your own light and warm yourselves by your own fire and not from God's, you will live with much sorrow. So if you want to really understand Christmas this year, you need to develop a relationship with Jesus. That's where it starts. And if there is no connect there, Merry Christmas doesn't even make sense. And allowing someone to shepherd you, not even close to reality. As your shepherd, God also wants you to experience security. And let's face it, we live in a pretty insecure world and neither certainty nor safety is promised. And most of us spend a great deal of time and energy trying to find both. And I don't think our government can give us 
all the security that we need. I'm not sure our employer can give us that. I'm not sure our investments can give us that or our relationships. And there are certain things that come into our life and in a moment our life has changed like Mr. Weiland in Vietnam where his life took a turn for the worst in a heartbeat. There are one word, one word messages that cause us to come unglued. Divorce. Cancer. Unemployment. Accidents. Fire. Flood. Arrest. And on and on and on the list go. These are the kind of things that come into our life that just suck the life out of us, the joy and the happiness. And we are told that we have a shepherd who will take care of us in the worst of circumstances. Micah says in verse 4, And they, his flock, will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Jesus offers security and he offers to control things even when things don't make sense. Now, the experts are trying to decide if we're going to have a good Christmas or not based on the bottom line. Yesterday was supposed to be even a bigger day than Black Friday. So there's three more days to help determine if we're going to have a good Christmas or not. Seriously, anybody understand that? I don't even understand why the gas prices have gone down. Do you? Like a friend said, first service, they're probably going back up. I don't get it. And there's a lot of things in life I don't get, but I am told in Ezekiel chapter 34 where the prophet says, the Lord will tend his sheep and he will have them lie down. He declares this message, I will search for the lost, bring back the strays, and I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Spiritually speaking, anyone here ever been lost? Spiritually speaking, has anyone here ever strayed away from what they know is right and just and good? Spiritually speaking, if you are lost, we are told in Scripture that our shepherd will find us. We are told in Scripture that if we stray, he will bring us back. We are told if we are injured, he will nurse us spiritually. We are also told that he will take care of us because he is the good shepherd. In Hebrews 13, 5, God made this promise. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. In John 10, 27, he says, my sheep, they listen to my voice. They know my voice. They follow me. And those who follow me, I will give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them from my hands. We've talked about sheep for weeks. I'm a little tired of sheep, aren't you? Let me remind you, sheep are dumb animals. Never will you see one at the shrine circus. They can't do tricks. They're dumb animals. You will never see a guard sheep. They don't guard anything. They run in an opposite direction. They can't care for themselves. The only reason that sheep were around and are around today, number one, their wool, number two, for meat, and back in Bible times, for sacrifice. People raised sheep because they often sacrificed them at the temple at least twice a day. 
And sometimes there were thousands of sheep sacrificed for certain spiritual events. So a sheep basically is born to die. There's not much else good about it. So what is Christmas all about? It's about security. And Christmas is also about a strength. And the Bible also says that security is also about, I've said serenity because it lines up with strength and security. It's another S word. It really means peace. He says he will give us peace. I shouldn't even tell you this. I really like Seinfeld. Back in the day, I would not miss the Seinfeld. If I would miss it, I would record it because they just cracked me up. Remember the show? Kramer? Yeah. George, he's wound pretty tight. And then you had Jerry and the rest of the guys. But there was one. Anybody here Seinfeld fans? Oh, a lot of us sick people out there. Here's the deal. There was one episode where George was with his dad. They were going through some times, and they were trying to find peace. In fact, if you remember the episode, it was a relaxation technique. They relaxed by saying what? Serenity. You guys are scaring me. Serenity now. Serenity now. Whenever they were going through an episode, they would say, Serenity now. And George, wound tight, would say, Serenity now. Never worked. No matter how many times he screamed it, it just did not work. In fact, in that episode, there was a friend named Lloyd who had been in a mental institution, and now he was out. And he said, and I quote, George, serenity now, it doesn't work. That's what put me in the institution. It was serenity now and insanity later. It is a little insane to think that we can have peace by shouting words. It just doesn't work that way. In this time of year, in our culture, people try to find serenity. They try to find peace by doing various weird stuff. Some people try to drink themselves to serenity. They say they just need to take the edge off. So they'll drink and drink and drink until they feel like they are at At peace, some people take some drugs that aren't meant to be used for what they're using them for. Some people overeat this time of year. I told you a few weeks ago, the average American gains seven to nine pounds this time of year. So get your biggie boy pants out because Christmas is almost here. Some people obsess with work. Some people jump from one relationship to the other. The Bible says that Jesus came to bring peace to those who follow him. His birth was prophesied by Micah in verse 5. He said, and he will be their peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, when the angels announced the coming of the Christ child, they said, glory to God in the highest, and what? Peace on earth to all men. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you and peace I give you. Do not let yourselves be troubled and do not ever be afraid. Jesus came to give us peace, a peace that we can't experience unless we have a relationship with him. He wants to carry our burdens, he wants to lift our anxieties, and he wants to take away our sins, but he can't do that unless we give him his place. This Christmas, we celebrate 
the birth of a baby. When our boys were little, we had birthday cakes for Jesus every year. When Monty began selling cookies, we had birthday cookies for Jesus every year. Now, it's kind of an ice cream cake world that we live in. The boys are big, but grandkids are little. We got an ice cream cake the other day when they were here at Thanksgiving, and they all wanted to know if it was Jesus' birthday. I said, no, but it's Black Friday, so don't be afraid. We'll have a cake this year. I'm not sure we can ever outgrow that type of thinking. Trusting the good shepherd is what Christmas is all about. Nicholas was just in kindergarten. He was just five. They were having a winter pageant at their school. They couldn't call it a Christmas program because that's just not right anymore, is it? They were having a winter pageant. and They even scheduled a special rehearsal. They invited parents who couldn't come to the regular show because of work. They invited them to a special dress rehearsal. And that was kind of a cool thing. Everything was decorated and the kids had on all their outfits. When it came time for the kindergarten class to do their thing, it was entitled Christmas Love. And all the little ones got up there and they had these like big placard things. And they sang this song and the first little kid kind of rolled over his placard. There was a big C there and that was for cookies and they sang about cookies. And then H was for happiness and they sang about being happy. When they got down to the M, the little gal who was the M, she did not realize when she flipped her card over, it was a W. All the first graders were going, fifth graders, dumb girl. They went ahead and sang their song. and At the end of their Christmas love thing, the W spelled Christ was love. One little letter changed the whole meaning and the whole message of their presentation. And you know what? I think Christ was love. Then and I think today he still, he still is. And it all began in a little town years ago. And here's how the Bible records it. In those days, Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Serenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his hometown to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. You want to know what Christmas is all about? That's the deal. Not this, but that's the deal. Those of you who went to the rescue mission Wednesday night, wasn't that a great thing? I mean, we had the ability to serve people who are a little less fortunate than we are right now with a meal. Some said it was the best food they'd had in a long, long time. Probably 75, I'm guessing. I told Sue 27. Around 75 of our people were there just to serve food. I'm proud of you guys. 
these presents are leaving here tomorrow. They were going today, but now tomorrow. They're going down to the mission to be given to the guys on Christmas. Something they'll do with their, their staff. That's what Christmas is all about. Because of Jesus, we are different people, are we not? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I can't wish you Jesus this year. I can't even wish you a M-A-R-Y Christmas. And you don't even get what Christmas is all about. If you want to get it, I'm right here. But serenity now will never be.